This is the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're back and we're talking about What If Season 2, Episode 1, What If Nebula Joined the Nova Corps. What's it take for a girl to get a little service around here? Jeez, I can hear your processors clicking and whirring. Yeah, the pile of rocks has a point, Nebby. You're a wreck. I don't even think we could pawn you for parts. I said I'm fine. Oh, no. This is bad. Those aren't supposed to pay out. Welcome back, fellow Defenders, to Defenders on TV Podcast Industries. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow Defenders. Yes, welcome back indeed. I hope you had a good, festive jolly. And, of course, <laughs> I am one of your other hosts, John. And rounding out this trio of what-ifs, I am Chris. Welcome back, guys. Yeah, we're talking about What If Season 2. A little bit late, um, obviously, as, as, uh, as our listeners will know. Uh, but these episodes start releasing every day from the 22nd of December 2023. And, uh, well, honestly, we've been away on holiday since the 21st of December. So uh, we watched every single one of the episodes so far that have been released up to um, the 28th of December on a mobile phone. Uh, lying in bed in the morning so because uh, that's the only place we had any kind of demand services so we've had the opportunity to re-watch them on the massive tv so we can actually uh, take all of our notes and talk about uh, what if season two but overall guys what's your thoughts so far in the season we're not going to spoil anything about the season but what did you think of the show the second time around uh, as we get the second season of what if i'm enjoying it and i'm intrigued mm, interesting chris same uh for me it, it's i didn't think they could beat the first season mm. um but uh so far the way i'm seeing it is the animation's better the the narrative is better um and i actually enjoy the what if aspects of it now like mm. really the, the questions i'm going ooh this is actually a cool question that you were posing it, like what if these four things happened and it turned into this one story versus just a singular one change mm. that's all it took um but yeah Overall enjoy. What about yourself? Excellent. Yeah, I, I have to say, I think they've stepped up their game in terms of the animation this season. I think it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, looking. it's really good. Every episode has its own distinct style, um, but they really do feel like they're uh, putting so much more into the show this season. They know what they've got, and they're they're uh, as you say, Chris. The changes that they're making, they, they're really interesting stories so far. So really enjoying that aspect so far. And since we're coming into the second season, we should also say season three of What If has been confirmed and has already in wow. the in the uh, the works so uh, so we will be getting a third season of uh, of what if and we're also at that point as we watch the episodes that we're not sure whether we're going to have the same situation as we had in season one where uh, everything wrapped up in one final episode with everything tying together so uh, a lot of the episodes do feel very standalone this time but we said that about season one and then everything culminated in the final episode where everybody came together i do feel by the time uh, by the time we are now where we watched about seven episodes that there is going to be something culminating something bringing bring everybody together towards the end but we will be talking about all of these episodes individually talking about the stories within them and then maybe how they change the universe uh, overall as we get into our discussion but uh, really loving it so far yes 
Uh, me too. Uh, before we get into our spoiler-filled discussion, uh, just a quick reminder uh, to pop on over to our website. If you're joining us for the first time, uh, head on over to tvpodcastindustries.com where you can subscribe to any mysterious podcast player in the multiverse of your choice. And of course, we also have season one of What If and our coverage of that if you're joining us for the first time. Mm-hmm. If you're regulars, you know where to go, of course. Uh, and another public service announcement for any new <laughs> listeners is if you want to send in your feedback on each and every episode of season two of What If, uh, you can send in emails to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or you can head on over to our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TV podcast industries where we have put up spoiler posts for every episode of what if season two so far yeah yeah i put up all the spoiler posts um before we left on holidays and then found out when i got over there that they were releasing them on the old schedule not the loki schedule so i had to change the time on every single one of them <laughs> by about six hours uh, so they're coming out at 8 a.m uh, uk time at uh, midnight over in uh, over in the u.s uh, and i'd set them for a lot earlier so uh, so um yeah that was lots of fun uh, trying to do that in between uh, all of our visits over the uh, over the holiday period <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Disney and your changing of timetables. Pick and choose, Disney. What Pick if Disney stuck to the same timetable? <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> be nice, wouldn't it? And it is even weird itself having uh, individual episodes coming out every single day for, for What If. That's something they've never done before with any of their shows. I know. No. Mm-hmm. Mixing it they, up. They are mm-hmm. moving to the weekly, the, back to the weekly schedule. We've seen this with like Percy Jackson now is weekly. Mm. A lot of their stuff is going, seemingly they're, premiere stuff is going more weekly drops which i'm here for we've mm-hmm. discussed it multiple times we like that kind of build-up yep. versus like a single day drop yeah um this daily felt felt very much to me as okay here's your christmas gift mm. from for your marvel fans exactly uh also though we do know echo is coming uh the the first kind of week and a bit into january i think it's the yes the 9th of january yes all all five episodes dropping on the 9th of january and I say the 9th of January, that's because it's on the same schedule as Loki, which means it'll be released about 8 p.m. 9th of January, US, still the 10th of January for us over here in Europe. That's why I have the 10th of January in <laughs> my head. Go. Okay, yeah. Grant. Yeah, I was like, are you sure? But okay. <laughs> um, and I look, I'm here. And then as you said, season three is already confirmed. Mm-hmm. That's probably our Christmas gift next year. Maybe. Hopefully. Maybe, maybe not another two-year wait. Yeah. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. But looking at the animation for this show, it could still be two years, even though yes. they are working on it at the moment, because uh, there's lots and lots of work that goes into the animated shows uh, as well. But let's get into our discussion about What If Season 2, Episode 1. What if Nebula joined the Nova Corps? The executive producers for the show, of course, are Brian Andrews, AC Bradley, Brad Winterbaum, and of course, with Kevin Feige. Um, this episode was written by Matthew Chauncey, who is returning for season two as the sole credited writer on this episode. Uh, he also co-wrote episodes of Miss Marvel uh, in between the two seasons as well. Good stuff. Yeah, that must be why I loved it. There you go. There you go. Early, uh, early announcement of your uh, of your thoughts on the episode, John. Yeah, excellent stuff. Uh, the episode was directed by Stephen Frank. Uh, he was the supervising animation director on uh, What If Season One and was a storyboard artist on Into the Spider Verse as well. But he's been in the industry for such a long time, all the way back to his first big job on American Tale Two 
Fievel Goes West back in 1991. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, long time. That's a blast from the past. Absolutely. Uh-huh. You know, my brother was a massive fan of, uh, of American Tale, so we used to watch one and two all the time uh, when we were kids. Wow. Fievel Mescovich is awesome. I feel old. <laughs> See, for me, it would be Basil the Great Mouse Detective. If anyone else remembers Basil the <laughs> mm-hmm. Great I, Mouse I remember Detective, the, I remember Rattigan, that as well. Yeah, Ratigan the Evil Rat. Yeah. Now that's the one. Excellent. Much better than Fievel. <sighs> oh no, in no, opinion. no. Different, different, uh, different stories, Chris. Different stories. Uh, <laughs> anyway, John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for? What if Season 2, Episode 1, What If Nebula Joined the Nova Corps? Sure. Nova Prime recruits Nebula to join the Nova Corps following Ronan the Accuser's successful coup against Thanos. Five years later, after Xandar is sealed off from the universe to protect itself from Ronan's forces, Nebula discovers the body of Yondu and receives orders from Nova Prime to investigate by any means necessary. She learns that Yondu located the codes to open the planetary shield and enlists Kree soldier Yon Rog to infiltrate the Nova Corps mainframe to destroy them. Yon Rog betrays her, revealing that he and Nova Prime plan to give up Xandar to Ronan. Nebula survives an execution attempt by Nova Prime's men, subsequently enlisting casino owner Howard the Duck and his subordinates Groot and Korg to stop Nova Prime. During their fight, Nebula reveals she realized Nova Prime's defection when she assigned the mission to her and altered the code so that the shields would close again as the Dark Aster enters Xandar, destroying the ship and killing Ronan. Nova Prime tries to escape, but ultimately falls to her death. The shield reopens as Nebula prepares to continue defending Xandar. In the festive spirit that we're still in, I do feel that Yomrog... It, well, it does. It rhymes with eggnog. Jan <laughs> <laughs> Rog, yes, Jude Law returning from yes. uh, from his time in in, uh, in Captain Marvel. A uh, random thought, I know. It is not one. I just it came to me in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's partially because I'm currently searching through IMDb trying to remember it, the name of the exactly. character. Is it Meeks from? Uh, from I'm um, trying to fill the negative zone. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, John. I like it. Uh, is it Meeks? From uh, from yes. Thor Ragnarok, that's the character I was trying to think of because there's a great moment where we have uh, where we have rock paper scissors being played with rock being Korg, uh, paper being Groot, of course, because he's a tree, and scissors being Meeks because he's got uh, two big scissors yes. as hands. So <laughs> great little joke there in the episode. Yeah, well, you got to do rock paper scissors, but it's superior rock. Always remember superior rock. Well, superior paper because it's made of rock when Korg does this, which I like that joke. <laughs> That's a good joke too. It's a good joke. Um, right. So the way I that we enjoyed a cog joke. I know. I know. It's hey, shocking. Hey. Yeah. This did feel a little bit like a return, to, um, a return to a return to Thor: Love and Thunder with Taika Waititi um, inserting a line every single time the characters on screen uh, has to have a Korg line, doesn't it? I think that was our one of our big complaints <laughs> about uh, about Love and Thunder that every time he saw Korg, uh, he had to say something. Yeah. Whether it be funny or not, he had to say something. <laughs> I I think he works in animation mm-hmm. much more so than. Um, in in live action, to yeah, be honest. I'd probably agree with that. Uh, yeah. I, so I really like a cartoonish it. character. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 It's weird, isn't it? I'm such a big fan of Taco Atizio, and I always seem to complain about Cork as a character. <laughs> but we won't we won't complain about him too much. Uh, the way we cover What If, because uh, it's been a while, it's been two years, the way we cover it is, first off, we just talk about uh, what 
if we had seen this before. So what's Marvel Cinematic Universe movies are the jumping off point uh, for this storyline. Um, so let's let's talk about that there. What what movies have been taken into this one really? Um, I suppose. Given the big change, it is the entire Infinity Saga is changed by this episode. So there are touch points throughout that, but some specific ones, obviously, having Nebula in here, having the Nova Corps in here, that's uh, taken from Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Yondu in there, of course, uh, as well. So uh, all taken from Guardians of the Galaxy. I mentioned um, Thor Ragnarok earlier on, which is where uh, Korg and Meeks came from. We also saw uh, Howard the Duck in here, who is in Guardians of the Galaxy as well. So uh, any other touch points uh, in the episodes? Captain Marvel with Yonrog. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously Captain Marvel has been pulled in from, so we know he's some form of, uh, kind of in- interaction with them. Question is whether that's, uh, as he was a Kree warrior when, and Ronan was backed by the Supreme Intelligence mm-hmm. as part of that, or if Ronan was by himself and Yonrog was still just a despot who was, uh, being mean everywhere in the galaxy. Yeah, it, it took me a while to remember, actually, because I haven't seen Captain Marvel in a little while, maybe maybe about a year or so. It took me a while to remember that, of course, her movie took place in 1994, which was way before the Infinity yeah. Saga kicked yeah. off. So Yon-Rog is in prison following the end of Captain Marvel. So it doesn't change any of the storyline that happened to Captain Marvel. She sent him there at the end. She sent him to the Nova Corps to, to put him in prison. So that's where he's been languishing since 1994. So it took me a to remember that. So nothing changed from Captain Marvel, but obviously that's where the character's taken from. But it is as well, that big change. Is, you know, Ronan effectively has betrayed Thanos. So that mm-hmm. whole, um, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy um, where they they stop Ronan uh, with the Purple Infinity Stone mm-hmm. uh, is, is something that doesn't happen. And as you say, so that Infinity Saga and all the way through mm-hmm. um, totally altered. I, I did like that moment with the Watcher sort of narrating that and you kind of just see Thanos' helmet being uh, swiped off by uh, Ronan's... Cosme Rod or the staff, I guess. The yeah. staff sounds much better than Cosme Rod. I know. Um, it sounds like he's kind of sort of exposing Ew, himself. Matron, go get your Cosme Rod. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like he's exposing himself. He's like, yeah. he, 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 he's a shower, mm. you know? Um, he, he's, he could be a grower and a shower. Well, he's given a hip it? thrust or something <laughs> yes. to Thanos with his Cosme Rod. It's a very um, odd name, but I'm sure that's taken from the comics. There's no way yeah, they just invented no, exactly. something that bad. For I, th- I, I thought it was more weighty than that, than yeah. a Cosme Rod. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, did, we did have to Google it. I didn't remember it was called the Cosby Rod. Uh, from, from, Otherwise, uh, from you wouldn't have originally. brought it up. <laughs> no, exactly. Maybe they called it something a bit more weighty in the movie. I'll have to check um, for sure. But yeah, mm. I, I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And that does kind of take us on to our second point. Normally we talk about what is the small change, what's the premise of the episode, the, the kind of thing that's changed from the universe. And the thing that has changed here is that Ronan has killed Thanos, uh, and he's now trying to achieve the plan to gather the Infinity Stone- Stones. Uh, there's also mention that uh, he did take Gamora on board with him as well, so he's taken her but left Nebula behind, and that's why she's gone to uh, Nova Prime. Um, yeah. If you remember... And I think this is quite interesting in the Infinity Saga when we did get to uh, Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. Um, Xandar was destroyed off screen. It was the first planet that Thanos went and destroyed to get the first Infinity Stone. He gathered that or one of the Infinity Stones. He gathered the, the Infinity Stone by destroying the planet. So effectively, uh, Ronan is trying to achieve that by going to Xandar uh, to destroy it. But yeah. has been waylaid for about five years now because of this um, plan that Nova Prime has for to seal off Xandar from the attacks. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, like, it's kind of interesting concept, you know, that planetary shield. But, uh, and I, I kind of liked how, because the other change being that whilst Nebula wasn't taken on board by uh, Ronan, that uh, she was given another chance by Nova Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like that, you know, when, when Nebula says that Ronan went after Yandar, you know, effectively attacking her new home um, after destroying her old one as well, mm-hmm. you know, so she's, constantly being in in that sort of uh crosshairs of 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 ronan mm. uh to some extent you know indirectly by uh going firstly after thanos and now after xandar but yeah you have this planetary shield um to keep ronan out and his battleships um but it only lasts for 50 years so it's on mm. a timer Just- i wonder what the 50 years is you know is that when all the food runs out or mm. howard's uh liquor uh, dries up um, <laughs> and uh you know because it's kind of interesting waiting out or is it like you know my, my kind of feeling on it was well this is where they build up their planetary defenses mm. to the point where it's like you know that it's they know they can take down ronan's fleet uh, but instead it's all really kind of gone um to pot yeah uh, way worse yeah you know and I, that's what i loved about this i loved that Blade Runner vibe, the mm-hmm. cop noir feel from Nebula, yeah. um, you know, all the rain, the darkness. So it's almost like the shield has cut off the the, the system's sun from reaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's raining constantly and everyone's sort of falling apart rather than coming together. And I kind of like that dystopian feel, you know, being a huge fan of Blade Runner. Absolutely. And, kind of cop noir stuff anyway yeah um yeah, it's, so, it's so distinctive from yeah. the beginning as we hear the watcher's uh, voiceover when he says what's happening uh it suddenly merges into nebula's voiceover taking over from that very like deckard's uh voiceover from yeah uh, from blade runner very cool yeah i was enamored with the aesthetic um yeah for me it, it had a good mix the overall storyline had a good mix of kind of the intrigue of trying to figure out what was happening the 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 humor. So I know. Look, we we jokingly talked about Korg there. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of Seth Green as Howard the Duck. Mm-hmm. Uh, ever since, like you said, Guardians of the Galaxy one, where we were like, I actually would still watch a either TV show, kind of very much what if animated kind of Howard the Duck TV show right. based on the comics. It would be fun. It yeah. would be probably very robot chicken esque. Uh-huh. Um, but I think that's an interesting one, and I, I'd be. I, I I enjoy that character. So they bring the comic relief, mm-hmm. and then you've yeah. got this, as you said, the Deckard kind of very stylized Blade Runner esque film noir. Like literally, if you could do black and white, and with smoking, like with uh, kind of nebula smoking, you would get that same vibe. Absolutely. And then all the way to the end, where you do have a what I would kind of classify. As kind of a two part action, um, but then almost like a, uh, almost like an Ocean's Eleven twist where it's like, surprise, we've always known what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And this is how we kind of came out and did the, the flip at the end. So you've got these very distinct styles, but they meshed it very well yeah. from a, both story, aesthetic, and I'd say delivery. Because yeah. you, it merges well. Like each of the scenes, even when you have them all suiting up for, uh, action with the guns and stuff. Mm-hmm. They inserted a bit of comedy into the, 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 the beats and it was funny and I enjoyed the kind of, I was like, ha, 
Like very much it was kind of one of those kind of yeah. guttural, like out loud laughs. And that was fun. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, that's it. And I mean, you know, it, it's even just like the investigation, you know, with, with Yondu, uh, having been killed and you have Nebula sort of working through it, you know, we, we need to go after his weapon, the arrow, mm-hmm. rather than that uh, looking for Yondu's killer's weapon, like the other members of the Nova Corps were doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I kind of liked all that sort of the investigation, um, and even with the double or triple cross that you get at the end, like you were saying, Such I like the, trope, yeah. I like the fact that um, you know as Nova Prime is uh, calling um, Nebula and saying to her, you know, you're on this mission, uh, use any means necessary. Like when we watched it for the second time, you see Nebula react to that comment, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't pick up on on the first time. So I, I love those little touches that they bring in, you know, which. Then you go, okay, yes, she was suspicious with that comment, uh, given that, you know, it ultimately breaks the oath of the Nova Corps, uh, and there, you know, be true to yourself, integrity, you know, always stay with the light. And, mm-hmm. and this is completely against that. So I, I like the fact that that happened. Um, and they have, you know, they have those little touches through here. I think like on the aesthetic as well. I mean, I, I really liked Nebula's aesthetic. Ultimately, when she was in pain, it's really weird, I know. Mm. But when she's linked up to the old citywide mainframe in order to sort of delete yeah. uh, that source code for the shield that's surrounding Xandar, mm-hmm. and you have the, the betrayal of yon Rog, just with the red and the red coming through in her eyes, and then later on, because she survives that uh, explosion um, in in that main frame you and she's about to be beaten up and you know as nova prime says and melt her parts down yeah. uh, by the other members of the nova Corps, and they've got their sort of batons again that blue uh like it, it's really vivid sort mm-hmm. of the agony and it always it always took me back to where thanos has effectively deconstructed nebula mm-hmm. who's his daughter um you know and causing her pain mm-hmm. and it, like Nebula, so weird to say, but the pain that she gets, you know, was still in here. That element yeah. just through these different moments of um, conflict within within the show. But I, I thought it was just really well done. Yeah. Um, Nebula never has an easy life. No, um, she doesn't. And Karen Karen Gillan plays that role so well and always had, you know. But I kind of like the arc of this story. Almost brings her to the same point that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 does, yeah. where she is now a leader. Uh, she's respected by her peers and she is, um, she is on a path that's redeemed what she had done in the past, uh, working alongside yeah. Thanos. So, well, I, I love- so while her path's not easy, she does have a happy ending almost. Yeah. Uh, and I loved yeah. the watcher that where he's saying, you know, redemption always starts in the dark, mm-hmm. but with a little grit and faith in yourself, you can make your way to the light. There you go. Yeah. Which is, yeah, exactly. Um, which I think, you know, if we go to our third point, um, around what if the universe was changed forever, mm. you know, in a sense, Nebula still gets her redemption here yep. with all the agony that comes from being stunned, sort of almost blown up, beaten up, you name it. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that doesn't change for me is, you know, Nebula, has become one of my favorite characters Without in that. in the Marvel universe yeah. um and it's all through the MCU and, and and 
the animation like this. I've absolutely enjoyed her arc, the vibe of her, because, you know, she is, she's a complicated character and she's gone through adversity. You know, mm-hmm. I, I really, really enjoyed that. And it was the same here. I was like, this was really cool for yeah. Nebula. Everything she's in, I really enjoy. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. Absolutely. She's the Winter Soldier. Yeah. I'm not saying the Winter Soldier wasn't an amazing character in the comic books. I'm just saying that, like, he wasn't, he, he was brought back by Brew Baker and all those, and he was really made to be, Bucky was made to be this character. But in the MCU, he has the same aesthetic, which, as yeah. Nebula, or sorry, they have the same aesthetic mm. and kind of backstory, which is bad guy, potentially good person, turned bad. Yeah. Then remade in some form where they always, end up becoming a good person, yeah. be it through hook or by crook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They end up kind of becoming a hero again. And like we talked about in Captain America or Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or Captain America and the Winter Soldier by the end of it, Winter Soldier, Bucky is the hero again. He mm-hmm. is a yeah. like he he's a darkened hero, but he's a hero. Yeah. Very much in the same way Nebula is a hero no matter where you put her. Mm-hmm. Towards the end, she does kind of lean towards the light. Absolutely. Um, and I, I would agree with John. I, I enjoy Karen Gillan's portrayal always. Yeah, yeah. She just does something gruff with her voice, but also quite a lot of emotion as well. Yeah. yeah. Really yeah. But, I mean, I guess the main change is that Xandar is still intact. It's yes, not it being decimated yep. by Thanos or by Ronan. Yeah. And um, in a sense... Like, what a cool move from yeah. Nebula, where uh, effectively the shield codes that she's given open the shield and close them on his ship, yeah, that was destroying cool, right? the ship. So yeah. Ronan's dead now. So there is nobody now um, chasing after the Infinity Stones. Yeah, this they are changes, in the wind. Yeah, but it, this changes the entire MCU, effectively. There's yeah. nothing from this point onwards. Nobody's chasing them. There's no big threat. Um, does it mean the Avengers never get together? Yeah. Because they got together because Loki was going to Earth to gather an Infinity Stone, right? Uh, or that happened just before this, maybe. I think that happened maybe yeah. a little bit before this. Yeah, I think um, so. Yeah. But it depends on when Thanos was destroyed, I suppose. Yeah. For me, this would this would have been a potential to bring in Nova, the actual character of Nova from the comic books, either Richard Ryder or Sam Alexander, okay. where people have been screaming for Nova for ages. Like the they they do it's it's Marvel's version of Green Lantern. Mm. Um, I don't know whether anybody's screaming for another version of a Green Lantern, regardless of know. whether it's Marvel or DC. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> well, Deadpool did give uh, did give Ryan Reynolds a headshot uh, in Deadpool two just exactly. just to say don't join uh, Green Lantern, right? So yeah. uh, that that was just a joke. Uh, sorry, we saw Deadpool two over Christmas as well. Yeah, it's uh, such a yeah. good film. Yeah, little lags. Um, anyway, so like Nova, I think that would have been a really fun one mm. to bring in. And there is um, a moment when you see a fully suited up um, Nova Corps uh, guard, and only one of them wearing yes. the wearing the Nova helmet. So it does look like the Nova character, but then you kind of see a guy in the background also carrying a helmet. So it, yeah. I don't think it was. It might just no. been a nod to it, though. Exactly. I think that's what it was. But yeah, these are universes that I enjoy. Kind of, I know what if rarely does a sequel ever. So it's kind of, even in the comic books, they don't really kind of go back to a what-if storyline in alternate universe. But these are some of the ones, like DC doing Elseworlds. Mm. I'd go back and see what else, how did this change continue on? Mm. And you can do those continuations. Because here it is, 
the new Guardians of the Galaxy is Nebula and her Nova Corps. Basically, yeah. Like, yeah. like the new police of the galaxy, the new Nova Prime is Nebula? Mm-hmm. Almost. I guess so. so. Yeah. Can... yeah. Yeah, let's hope. Oh, that'd yeah. be cool. But you, you you don't get the sense that that is actually happening. But no. it seems like there's a massive power vacuum because even, you know, as they're about to uh, open up the, the planetary shield, you know, um, her kind of sort of little loyal band of Nova Corps, led by Peter Serafinovich uh, or Gartham Saal um, is the character's name, then, you know, they seem to have taken out a lot of the Nova Corps, mm-hmm. at least in their, their main building. So, yeah. um, But they're all dead because uh, Korg um, smashed him face first into the ground. <laughs> you know, it was funny when, yeah. when I heard Peter Serafinowitz's voice, he does so much voice work. I'd forgotten he was a central character in the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. He was actually on screen because he's so often not on screen. He did the voice of Darth Maul uh, famously in the Star Wars prequels. You know, he's so often not on screen that I forgot that he was on screen in Guardians of the Galaxy. The, the only other movie I can remember him being in was uh, was Shaun of the Dead. But I saw him there and I went, oh, wow, okay. They brought him back and they're continuing his storyline in a different way than we saw in Guardians of the Galaxy, which is quite cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it looks like he's dead. Um, Korg uh, smacked him and Yonrog uh, directly into the ground. <laughs> so that probably killed him. Yeah. I do love that was the callback to Hulk. Yeah. The exact Hulk move where Hulk oh. smashes Loki and stuff. He's like, ah, do, do, do. and I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's fun. That's a fun. That's a fun nod. That's a good touch. That's a good touch. Anything else changed other than the entire MCU <laughs> after uh, this episode? Um, Everything. Yeah, I liked Howard the Duck in this. Does that change? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. See? Yeah, that is. Yeah, I, thought, I, I really enjoyed Howard in this. And so we're ready for Seth Green to do his uh, his spin off show. Yeah, let's, let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> but I certainly did. Uh, I did. You'd I welcome to see more of this. Yeah. You'd say that, right? Yeah, and that's probably the first time John said that uh, in yes. all the appearances of Howard the Duck. We've seen quite a lot of them. Well, not that much. Yeah. It's been what four times in the MCU, including like the animated forms. Uh, yeah, four or five. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Last time we saw him, he was going off with Darcy, wasn't he? Um, yes. In uh, in season one of, uh, of What If. So we have a weird uh, ending for the character in one of the uh, multiverses. Yes. <laughs> a good ending. An ending he deserves. Not an ending Darcy deserves, though, I don't well, think. Well, yeah. Little Darcy ducklings. Maybe. Quack, quack. <laughs> Would it be an egg laid or a usual mammalian birth? I don't oh, think I want to even think about it. That. <laughs> don't want to think about it. Didn't want to think about it after the original uh, Howard the Duck movie. Don't want to think about it now. No. Um, any other notes in the episode? Anything else you want to, you want to talk about, guys? Uh, no, nothing for, for me. Nothing for me. The only thing that just kept popping out to me throughout the episode I just wanted to mention that we haven't mentioned... Um, Nebula gets a nickname here that everybody seems to be using on yes. her, and I don't know why. Why is everybody calling her Nebby? That seems weird. Yeah. She's a very violent character, usually prone to anger quite quick, quite quickly. I wasn't sure if she would accept uh, Nebby. Like, you hear it on the, the flashback um, that she's gotten from Yondu, the one that she uses to control his uh, his whistle weapon that he calls her Nebby. Howard the Duck calls her Nebby a couple yeah. of times. I find that weird. <laughs> Nebby the I think Nebula. it's that kind of, you know she's not going to kill you now, so it's just like, how far can you push the bear? Maybe. Nebby the Nebula went to town. Goodbye the circus. Hey! 
weird. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I just wanted to mention it. I just thought it was a bit odd. Uh, guys, overall, let's get on to our defense for the episode. Chris, do you defend season two, episode one of What If? What if Nebula joined the Nova Corps? Yes, yes, I do. It's a fun reintroduction to the What If premise. It's actually a good one because it is that very much a a small single change changes the universe, yeah. the nature and fabric of the MCU as we know it. Um, and it gives you three different fun aesthetics. You get a film noir, a bit of comedy, a bit of action, wrapped in a beautiful aesthetic of this animation. Um, so, yeah, I completely defend it. Brilliant stuff. How about yourself, John? Do you defend season two, episode one of What If? Yes, I do defend uh, episode one of What If here. Um, I would give this five Black Order trash out of five. Nice. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I loved Nebula being the central character here. Uh, like Chris said, just that that little change with Ronan betraying Thanos and getting him out of the way and just how it's completely changed everything. I love the aesthetic, uh, totally up my street. Um, the investigation, the the cop noir feel, you know, the Blade Runner links with that sort of rain, the dark, uh, the, well, the the um, android effectively or, or cyborg uh, being uh, as the lead cop. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the sort of, Double cross, triple cross, um, everything about this. And I enjoyed Korg. I enjoyed Howard the Duck. Yeah, that light relief there in the background. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. So, yeah, five Black Order trash out of five. Excellent. Good stuff. I like that, John. Black Order trash. Very good. <laughs> For me, uh, I, yeah, I definitely defend this episode. I thought this was a really interesting use of the what-if premise. As we kind of mentioned up front, the question that's being asked here Um is a really good one and did feel like a what if comic you know you yep. open, you look at the front of the issue and you go what if uh nebula joined the nova Corps? i wonder how that will play out here it plays out massively <laughs> she basically ends the infinity war um by uploading some code uh because she kills ronan ronan has killed thanos right so um that's it there's no <laughs> there's no more avengers there's the whole universe has changed i think that's absolutely fascinating that they've uh, made such a huge story out of her just joining the Nova Corps. Uh, what, a, what a great idea and what a great um, version of a what-if story. So uh, really good. Some great performances in here. As I said, the animation is fantastic. Um, it, it's always kind of difficult when they recast a major character from uh, from the movies. They do bring in so many voice actors from the movies to uh, to voice these characters. Uh, Karen Gillan is so good as Nebulum. Great. It's great that they brought her on board here to continue that character. But uh, someone like Glenn Close with such a big character as Nova Prime in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I think Julianne Grossman does a really good job of impersonating yeah. Glenn Close in the scenes that she has uh, as that character I think it, it's it's almost seamless uh, even yeah. though uh, it does have to change you know it, what I do also find quite interesting is um, even though we see Groot in here and um, he, all he ever says is I am Groot it is a different voice actor for Groot as well. Uh, Fred Tesla who's done uh, Groot throughout all of the animated shows, comes back here to voice Groot instead of Vin Diesel, who's voiced him in the movies only. So I think that's quite interesting yeah. that uh, that they've got somebody else to, to voice the I Am Groot here. See, yeah, definitely. I Am Groot yeah. is a million expressions. Yes. <laughs> Groot. I am. That's it for our coverage of the first episode. But what if we had some feedback? And we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, first up on email... We have Coffee and Vodka, who says, Greetings, fellow downloadable defenders. 
Not much to say other than pretty solid. The plot hole of Nova Prime somehow predicting Nebula breaking out Yon-Rog was offset by everything else in the episode. Love seeing Howard again, though it would have been nice to see Darcy at his side, <laughs> and poor Yondu. He just never seems to catch a break. The best thing about this one is it stands aloneness. Hoping for more of the same down the line. Tightly written, wonderfully animated, interesting, action-packed and fun. Four defensive Dyson spheres, data corgs and prime landing rates out of five. Peace and take care, coffee and vodka. Thanks, Coffee and Vodka, for setting in your thoughts on the first episode. Uh, yeah, it's, I think we're about the same uh, on it. A really good episode overall. Um, is it a plot hole how Nova Prime predicts Nebula breaking out Yon Rog, or is that because Nebula kind of knows what Nova Prime wants because she said by any means yeah. necessary? Has she pushed her down the path and Nebula's kind of taken the bait but not taken the bait? That's the thing with triple crosses. You can't really work out yeah. where the cross starts and ends. <laughs> and as well, I do think like Nova Prime and Yon Rog obviously working together. Mm-hmm. So there's been some contact there yeah. uh, for them to then be in cahoots in the central control room. So yeah. Yeah. again, it's, yeah, she was channeling her towards that uh, pathway. Yeah. I'd agree. And then this for me is the, it's, as Derek said, it's where the cross begins and ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, but part of it is uh, Nova Prime is a top of the line cop, so kind of predicting, reading people, knowing what they may or may not do is something that you can expect from a top of the line cop. Yeah. Uh, but that saying also, Nebula kind of knew what they wanted based on the actions and the comments. So you're like, okay, it's somewhere in that murky mess is the truth, and that's fine. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great stuff. Thanks, Coffee and Vodka. Over on Facebook, we got some feedback in from Heather Wallace, who says, I really enjoyed this. The artwork was glorious, and it had a strong Blade Runner vibe, too. I'm excited for the second season of the show. Thanks, Heather. Yeah, I think a lot of people have kind of picked up on that Blade Runner oh, yeah. vibe. Totally even We also have feedback from Jeff Childs on Facebook. He was like, I really liked the Blade Runner film noir feel of the episode, and I loved Karen Gillian's voiceover. So again, people kind of very quickly picking up on what the style that they were trying to put out in mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Uh, and it, so it, it, from a direction point of view, they, they nailed it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, great stuff. Thanks, Heather. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, also, Richard Blaze says, I have the same problem as I had with every episode of the first season. The episodes are too damn short. <laughs> I really enjoyed the style and look of this Obvious ripoffs of Blade Runner and Cyberpunk throughout. Mm. Uh, yeah, I do know what you mean around the, you know, the shortness of the episodes, but I mean, I, I like this. It felt contained. It felt, yeah. um, good pacing through, uh, through this. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you kind of almost want sort of a feature length animation of this, you know, it, it's of, always the thing with what if, you know, yeah. that they, they can tell a really great story that you want to see more of. You know, I know we're going to be getting, um, mar- more Marvel zombies in the future. They, they have a season of that show commission. So that, will spin out of what if but there's other things that could spin out of this season of what if um but you know they are always going to be 30 minute animated episodes but i think that's a good complaint to have leave them one and more as they always say huh yeah exactly yeah. thanks so much richard 
we also had some feedback in from, from Lindsay Lois, who says, I love the aesthetic and seeing a different version of Nebula is always a delight. Plus, the animation really felt like it improved in ways I can't quite articulate. Totally saw the Yon- Yonrog betrayal coming a mile away, and naturally, he had to have had help from outside to pull it all off. Thankfully, our cyborg corpsman and her merry band of misfits bested the corrupt members of the Nova Corps, even defeating Ronan and his men in the process, thus giving Xandar a brand new beginning. I like that this feels symbolic to Nebula's own journey, a process of starting anew despite her dark, turbulent past. I always welcome such redemption stories where a character actually works towards their better self rather than dying before they get a chance. All in all, a solid start to the season, and I eagerly await the rest of the episodes. Happy holidays, fellow Defenders. Thanks so much, Lindsay. Um, yeah, definitely happy holiday uh back to yourself mm-hmm. as well um yeah no i i think the nebula's journey i think we you know we touched on that uh it's it's really a good one mm-hmm. um and it but it but it's meaningful it's weighty and as you say they actually achieve it it's not just simply you know killed in the last moment or killed and they realize the error of their ways yeah. you know there's a real change here there's the sacrifice for redemption arc that's done so often yeah um, i think even yonder did that right <laughs> so yeah. uh, it, ha- it happens so often uh, but i love that she does eventually get a happy ending but she goes through lots of troubles uh, great stuff thanks Lindsay. yeah thanks Lindsay. Thanks, fellow defenders, for the feedback. Uh, keep it coming mm-hmm. on in through email at feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or through the spoiler comments over on our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TV podcast industries. Uh, we're also on uh, that thing called Twitter uh, at TV pod industries. Mm-hmm. If you would also like to send in any thoughts there. Absolutely. You can also find us on threads now because it was opened up uh, over the, the uh, December period. Uh, so we are over on threads. You can find us there at TV pod industries. The more people that follow us there and interact with their polls there, the more chance we'll be able to get rid of stupid Twitter, uh, which I'm really looking forward to. Or stupid yes. X. Mm. Although the problem with threads that I have is it's it's the same name as the movie or the 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 British film made in like the n- late 1970s mm. that was weirdly shown to us in school um about nuclear holocaust it's terrifying and it's terrifying yeah, yeah oh my god there's a film called threads oh yeah. have you never oh yeah. chris no i'm going to check this out it Ooh. is terrifying and just if you do get to watch it, Chris, just remember, kids in school, like talking 13, 14-year-olds, <laughs> were made to watch this in class. And like, uh, it is terrifying. It's one of the most horrifying films I've ever seen. Let's hope I'm going to try co- it now. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hope the Cold War doesn't carry on. Exactly. That's <laughs> all I can think of. Exactly. But there is lots more What If to come. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode. We will be back next time to discuss Season 2, Episode 2, What If Peter Quill Attacked Earth's Mightiest Heroes? Thanks so much, fellow defenders, and speak to you again soon. Yeah, thank you so much, fellow defenders. Great to be back and great chatting with you. Until next time, keep watching, keep listening, and of course, keep defending. Bye. Bye. Bye.